0: to Cherry's world. We are going to be talking about a subject that I am extremely passionate about, and that is homeschooling. Over 300,000 black families are now homeschooling their children. So, who are we going to talk to today? We are going to talk to an educator. We are going to talk to Miss Belinda Bullard, who is a curriculum writer specifically of history for children of color, we are gonna be talking to a homeschool mom, so stay tuned and we're gonna give you a little insight on what it's like to homeschool your kids and everything you need to know. But first, we gotta pay some bills. So stay tuned and we will be starting Cherry's World. Saria here. Chief Green Alchemist at Going to Natural. Do you know it takes less than 30 seconds for your skin products to enter your bloodstream? Yeah, so knowing what's in them, super important. We know you want what's best for you and your family. And here at Going to Natural, so do we. We care about the environment, we care about the animals, and most importantly, we care about you. We offer free support for your healthy journey and love providing affordable, all-natural products that are responsibly sourced, cruelty-free, luxurious, and always made with love. We're not just a shop, we're a community, and we'd love to have you. Browse our collection of plant-based skincare products and natural tips and tricks at shop.goingtonatural.com. That's shop.going, the number two natural.com. A conscious plan for a conscious community. Use code LOVEEARTH for 15% off your first order.
1: Would you like to advertise on Cherry's World and have your product placed on Cherry's social media for the world to see? Email us now at cherriesworldpodcast at gmail.com for low introductory rates. Cherry's World Podcast. Get heard.
0: Welcome to Cherry's World. We got Miss Belinda on the line right now <laughs> she has created her own homeschool curriculum which I am proud to say I use it with my daughter when I decided that I was going to homeschool I searched and searched and searched because I it was important for me to teach my daughter the truth and she has a curriculum that is named blessed heritage Belinda thank you so much for coming to the show
2: nice Sherry be- thank you so much for having me and oh. thank you sir
0: That is my co-host, Courtney, and Courtney and I banter back and forth all the time because his children go to formal school. They have a great formal education, and you know me, I'm a homeschooler lover. So can you tell us, Melinda, what made you seek the void in the history curriculum for children?
2: Well, I began homeschooling, uh, made the decision just like a number of people, and Uh, very naively began to shop for curriculum, thinking that if I just hit the right aisle or find the right link, I would find the curriculum that I was looking for there, Uh, specifically a curriculum that offered more than what I call the the fabulous four in history. Uh, That would be Harriet Tubman, uh, George Washington Carver, Martin Luther King, and either Rosa Parks, Or if your curriculum was really progressive, you might have Frederick Douglass or you might have Booker T Washington. So I began to look and I shopped here and didn't find much online, but then I shopped here at a local uh, Homeschool store and they took me to their area for multicultural history and uh, there were hybrids of books and toys and things of that nature, but not that one piece of information that you could put your finger on and kind of say, okay, this would be a good base for what I want, uh, for our children. And so as I was standing there speaking with the owner of the store, uh, she, and, and this was a store specifically set up for homeschoolers. Uh, she suggested first that I could buy something and just tweak it to what I wanted to have, which is where we started and uh, then her other suggestion was, or you could write a curriculum, and uh, it would be something that would be your contribution back into the homeschooling community, and to be honest with you, Sherry and Courtney, I did not think much of that suggestion at the time. I just thought I'd grab something and start tweaking, but uh, of course, as people began to asked me about it, those around me, uh, what we were doing, and then began to get interested. I started realizing that initially, at least for African-American moms, that we were all doing the same legwork, and so my initial foray into writing curriculum was just to provide that point for, that jump off point for the African-American mom. but. Uh, What God has taken that initial uh, venture and done with it has been just amazing, uh, such that really it's not a curriculum just for those of us who are seeking more of our history, but it's branched into a more multicultural product that really speaks to the needs of anyone who is looking for something other than the traditional narrative. Uh, to include some history of people of Asian descent, some people of Latino descent, uh, to include Native Americans beyond Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. So as I learn and as I grow and, and uh, become more uh, desirous of not just our history but truly multicultural history, uh, that product has just blossomed and mushroomed into something much larger than I planned in my initial vision.
0: Absolutely. And it's it's not a total inclusive curriculum, which I do love. My daughter, you have picked some books that my five-year-old daughter is really drawn to. Pedro's journey, I wasn't sure you how know. she was going to, to do because she start, we started when she was really young. So a four-year-old uh-huh. sitting down reading an early chapter book, I wasn't sure how she was gonna take to it, but she just sucked it right up and it became like her favorite book
2: oh wow that's awesome that is awesome Mm -hmm. how did you
0: pick these reads to go along with with the curriculum that you're teaching and it is all inclusive
2: which i love yes i i I actually uh I'm, i'm so excited that your daughter at five uh is enjoying that the elementary curriculum is largely picture books as you know uh, but I do want to challenge just a little bit the youngest of readers. And of course, you also have kids who are using that, who are maybe fourth grade and are ready for early chapter books. So I tried to hit a range of younger readers uh, in developing that. Uh, what I do, it, it's not as easy as it looks. I get rid of more books than I actually use, and that's not because they aren't good books, but... One, of course, you need you have to fit everything you're trying to do into what is a typical school or homeschool schedule. So 30 to 36 weeks is, is what I try to land in. And that means that the books have to be a certain length. Uh, the curriculum itself has to be a certain length. You can't, you aren't going to school every day. Uh, nobody does. And of course, life happens to but- us all. So uh, we all have to look at, how can we incorporate breaks? Uh, for the youngest of readers, it's important to me that they learn also through their hand, through the use of their hands, and they're not just sitting reading books, because sometimes you have uh little active ones who won't even sit for that long. So uh some of the experiments, some of the map work, some of the other basic skills that we incorporate into the elementary curriculum are designed so that little hands and little minds can just begin to enjoy learning uh, beyond learning the story. They can just love to learn. And so when I I pick the books, having said all of that, what I'm looking at is one, is it a book that will fit into our timeline? Uh, Is it a book that is short enough to hold the interest of a young reader or a young non-reader, but still informative enough and fun enough to keep them listening uh, without being either too short or too long? And uh, and then with the picture books, is is there a moment of opportunity? Is there discovery? Is there emotion? Is there a place where you can ask a child, uh, what do you think is gonna happen next? Or where well, they're still talking about it later? I absolutely love that. So uh, that's some of the criteria I look at when choosing the books for the curriculum, it, whether it's elementary, uh, middle school, or or high school, actually.
0: Wow. You, you know, we still have not finished the whole book because we did all the extended exercises and things that you have up there. But yes. we use it again for third grade. And I bought one of the books, Kohan um, Parker, Friend of the Pilgrims. And we yes. should also take a month off. But when we mm-hmm. were looking through your book, and I was calling myself scheduling her third grade, you know, how homeschool moms sit down and we play
2: teacher. And we write a whole Oh, bunch I had of- a five-year friend when I started. <laughs> <laughs> but, and my, my child was a second, going into third grade.
0: <laughs> so you understand. So I sat down with this book and I started breaking. That's it right. She's going to read this page on this day. My child sat there and read half of the book and turned around and said, Mommy, help me read it. She wouldn't put it down until we were finished. So we've started third oh, grade, so I thought she was going to have a month off, but it's thanks to you because I would have never picked that book up.
2: Oh, my goodness. Wow, that excites me. That, that excites me. That's what I love to hear, especially when, when there are little children who are that interested in just a learning, period, but certainly in learning their history. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: She's five, so thank you
1: oh thank you I want to know how you all feel about or how would you all d- deal with homeschooling uh multiple children uh in three different age groups at the, like how wh- how would you do that would you say the morning session is for this child or would you try to do them all together or how how would you all do that
2: Well, there there are a number. My uh, chair may have some other thoughts, but I was going to say there are a number of ways that immediately pop into mind. Let me say this: some people would say that I had two sets of children. Uh, When we started, I had an eight-year-old who was going to the third grade. I had a five-year-old who was uh, going into what we would call here K five, but he had already been through K three and K four, so we were pulling him out right at that quote unquote, real kindergarten. And then I had a three week old. So uh, we started with two children who were of school age and then a brand new baby. Uh, so what I did as, as our youngest one grew uh, was I tried to establish little learning centers for her. Uh, she was not in any way required to sit or do the academic things that they did, but one to keep her close and two to keep her learning, I would put say one corner might have one of those little kitchens, uh, mm. the, like a not the um, well I, not the easy bake oven. She wasn't ready for that. But you know the play kitchen. Okay. And so then one corner, one area might be a music learning center where there might be a little xylophone, or there might be a little uh, play keyboard, or there may be uh, something else there that has her musically inclined. Uh, Another area might be books, uh, those thick little cardboard books that little hands I began to want to read and want to uh, learn the pictures and memorize them, so forth and so on. So just in being in the proximity of what her older brother and sister were doing, what I found was, one, she really wanted to start doing what they were doing. So there was a point when she wanted to be at the table uh, with something. Mm -hmm. so that she could imitate what she was seeing. Uh, Another thing that I found was just the amount of information she would pick up from being in that vicinity. Uh, The kids were at the time, uh, I've always had Latin as one of our foreign languages, just because it helps with word study and word pieces. If you've ever seen Akeelah and the Bee and you remember how uh, there was that scene where he had her take words apart and because she knew the parts of the word she could then have some understanding of what the word was and that that has so many implications later on when they start taking college entrance exams and so forth and so on but they would forget pieces and she was about she was about three and she'd come up Dominus Deus, suppose, (laughs) because she had heard it so many times, so, so, and then she didn't know what it meant, but even then, that was early learning. Uh, Another suggestion with multiple children is, Teaching is a way of learning, and so your older child can truly help your younger child. Uh, If There is uh, their introductory math skills. Say if you have a child who's 10 and you have a child who's 5, you know, that 10-year-old arguably knows how to write, uh, knows how to count, knows how to read, knows how to do basic things that free mama up or dad up, whoever will be the home educating parent to do the things that, that he or she needs to do. And uh, the other thing is to take advantage of naps and take advantage of times out uh, don't be afraid to use multiple parts of your home. So, if everybody's outside, there are some who are playing and some who are working. Perhaps uh, everybody does not necessarily have to just be bound to the kitchen table right. or the school room. So, there are multiple ways to manage multiple children. Thanks, yeah. Courtney.
0: I don't have Mm -hmm. multiple children, but I do know that blessed Heritage, like the way I break it down and I teach it to my five-year-old, it could definitely be used for a 10-year-old as well. But their projects would be different. You know, Pedro's journey is about the ship boy who is riding along with Christopher Columbus. So my 10-year-old might have to go ahead and write a report while my five-year-old goes ahead and does an art project about a ship. Does that make sense? Like just-
2: Absolutely.
0: Yep. Taylor, make it to, you know, you you did um, a book that was a little bit longer than Pedro's journey about Lewis and Clark. Well, what my child took from it was Sacagawea. And Sacagawea was the Native American who, who took them on this excursion because they had to make peace with all these different tribes as they went. And she literally wrote a little play where she performed it for the family and she thought she was, well, she still thinks she is, You know, <laughs> <laughs> She talked about how Sokka was stolen and sold and it was just a beautiful way to explain it to such a young child. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. she took away the knowledge, but it, it, she did cry, I'm not gonna lie, she, she had a moment. But for me, that moment when she cried was a moment of understanding.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I one of when I talk to people about multicultural history and, and just about thinking differently about history curriculum because so many uh so many times I'm asked to talk to people who are uh bound and chained, so to speak. I, I hate to use that, that's not a good vernacular. Let me change that. They're married to the traditional narrative. And so how do you get them thinking about do I need something else? And one of the things that I ask them is, does your history curriculum evoke any emotion? Because she will remember that moment. Wait, now, she may not remember Lewis and Clark. She may not remember any of the rest of the story, but she will remember Sacagawea because that touched something special in her. Uh, Our youngest, who's now A 16-year-old was asked when we were at a recent conference, what was her favorite book? And she talked about a book that we use in the middle school curriculum called Sadako and the Thousand Paper Cream. And uh, no spoiler alerts, the story is about a young lady, a young Japanese lady who is affected health-wise by the dropping of the atomic bomb uh, during World War II. And she is determined to make these 1000 paper cranes during the time that she is uh, going through everything she's going through. And, uh, And, and it's a sad story. But I thought that it was special that of all the books that we have read, that was one that our youngest thought of many years later, because of course, she's a high schooler now, and she probably read that about three, four years ago, but she could still immediately point back to that book. And the the first thing she said to the young lady who asked her, she said, it was very sad, but it's one of my favorites. So again, the emotion is a part of what helps those hooks uh, and those stories and those people come alive, as opposed to some thick textbook that they're going to dismiss after a certain number of names and dates
0: absolutely i noticed that too in your book you did not do what most history books do there is no read this chapter and answer these six questions it's let me help you build a lap book or let's do this art project or let's cook here goes a recipe or something like that like you stayed away from the the basic what we're used to and I appreciated that as a parent and as a one-time student. Did you do that on purpose?
2: I did. Uh, I was uh, sharing with a group not too long ago that uh, one of one of the reasons that I think so many of us shudder at the thought of having to teach history and we don't like it and we don't necessarily teach it well is because of our own memories and my memories of history were memorization of a bunch of names and dates. Uh, so I couldn't tell you much, especially about world history, after I left world history. Uh, they Those dates and those places and people stayed there long enough for me to do well on exams, but there were no lasting memories. Uh, so when I created the curriculum, I uh, we were well, well. Let me back up just a little bit. Where we started was with uh, in the homeschooling community a, a Charlotte Mason-like approach, and it was uh, what she calls living books, uh, not the not the textbooks, but the stories, the uh, shorter reads, the uh, allowing children to just make connections of their own. As you perhaps you wouldn't cover a given period of time, but you might cover uh, at Mary McLeod Bethune. And, and from there, uh, your student might pick up what was happening during the time. Uh, I'm not giving justice to her approach. But anyway, my point being, uh, all of the curriculum is set up such that regardless of the level, it's set up such that you are hearing these wonderful stories of people and you are able to draw what was happening in history based upon the lives that these folks were living. Now, when we hit middle school, we do have more of a spine text. And that is so that you can actually hear that story that, uh, that we all know and hear it in a very linear manner. But even with that, what I tried to do was have not just question and answer, but let's learn a little bit about how to develop charts. Let's uh, let's look at what else was happening around the world and not just uh, in the United States. And then we would come back to, just as we did in the elementary curriculum, what was God doing at that time? What do you think was happening from a spiritual perspective? And what can we learn uh, if we look at history from this worldview instead of the worldview that we may understand. So I wanted to do that with each of the products and uh, very intentionally strayed away from, answer these five questions now that you read this book.
0: Amazing. I think it's a great approach Uh, for me, it definitely works. And I was, what I can say is, it definitely is a Christian-based curriculum, but it wasn't thrown down somebody's throat. So if you're looking for something that's more secular, it's still a curriculum that I think that you should pick up and give it a chance.
2: It is true. Uh, you, you certainly don't have to. I, I didn't feel the need to tie up anything in a neat little Christian bow. You know, I'm I'm a believer very much that uh, God taught, God taught the tough subjects. He didn't just try to make everything fit in some nice little package. You know, we learned the rape of Tamar and we learned about, uh, the end of the story of, uh, Jonah, where he's just kind of, you know, you, people just kind of fade. You don't know what happened. There's Lot and his daughters, and there are all these other stories that don't end well necessarily. Uh, David getting uh, chased by his own son and I, and I believe it's okay to say that we don't necessarily have to tie it up in a nice little bow. We don't have all the answers and there's some things we won't know this side of heaven, but in the meantime, uh, if, you, if that's not where you are and if that's not something you're thinking about, uh, just enjoy the stories, just enjoy the learning, just enjoy the activities and uh just really get engaged and get your little ones engaged with it all.
0: So it's not often that I get to sit down and do something for myself but if you get a chance to sit down and do something for yourself for like an hour or two you need to pick up this book. It is Find the Lie and Fix the Problem by Marcus M. Positive Parker. And if you want to hear about the lie in my life that I had to find and fix um Make sure you listen to our podcast because marcus m positive parker is going to be on he's going to tell us about his book i'm going to tell you about my experience and how his book has helped me find the line fix the
2: problem
1: well let me ask you this. how long have you been doing this because you sound like you've been doing this for a long time and, and really know what you're doing
2: well we've homeschooled for about 15 years now and uh, we start, of course, I was tweaking the curriculum that I had from year one. So uh, we we put it out there a while ago now, probably easily the earliest versions, which I hope have been burned by now, probably went out about 2006 or so. But I guess when we come back in earnest and come back and really revise some things and uh really taking a harder look at how children learn and uh revise the book selections in some cases to do some of the things that uh that sherry was talking about in terms of engaging uh, little minds uh we've probably had products out there for about 10 years now
0: amazing and i'm not i just want you to know like i'm not getting paid to say this I am not their spokesmodel. I am a user, I use this with my own child and it's really a curriculum that I believe in. Even in the back of the book, she gives you um, black inventors' names. So if you were a teacher yes. and you wanna teach elementary and you don't wanna do the same things over and over again, I'm sorry, but by the time kids get to school, little black kids already know who Martin Luther King is. They know who Rosa Parks yes. is. Some of y'all gotta think <laughs> outside the box. Yes. And if you don't know how to yes. think outside the box, and you're looking for a resource that can help you, please pick up her elementary school curriculum because there's a list of names and what they've done there. My daughter and I spent three months just doing that, you know, and I was able to find coloring pages and all kind of extended exercises just off of a two-page list that she gave us. So it's an amazing resource. Miss Belinda, can you please tell us how they can find your products?
2: Oh, okay. We are at blessedheritage.com. That's all one word. Blessed, B-L-E-S-S-E-D, Heritage, H-E-R-I-T-A-G-E, blessedheritage.com. And we have all of our products there, uh, our core curriculum, as well as some auxiliary products that we've done that uh, deal more with uh, countries that are not necessarily African-American, but they are a part of that black diaspora uh countries within central america or some african countries as well uh then we have a podcast which is uh, i we call i say a podcast they're little short audio versions that we call uh connections and they're really 15 minute just audio versions of the people who as cherry said you're not going to find these folks in a traditional history book, but we cover these for uh audio listening for kids who maybe have some interest in history, but uh, they really don't want to be bothered, or for somebody who's just looking to supplement their history. So uh there are people like Asa Philip Randolph or uh Mary McLeod Bethune or uh Madam CJ Walker or um Colin Powell is another one. Uh, people that would, again, uh, are not going to show up in the traditional narrative, but their stories are awesome stories uh, to get a hold of and to learn. And we present them in a way that is not uh, a long, extended book, but instead just the audio version that you can listen to while you're doing something else uh, for about 12 to 15 minutes. So, all of that is available. Uh, on blessedheritage.com.
1: As far as curriculum now, I, I remember learning about the presidents and everything. I don't remember what age I was, but how, do you all talk about Obama yet, or is, it, or is he is he too new, or is he, do you all talk about that?
2: The only curriculum at this point, and that's simply because we have not revised it yet, we don't talk about President Obama in the middle school curriculum, uh, simply because, as I said, that was done before he became president. Uh, We do, however, the elementary version that Sherry has, we only revised those within the last couple of years. So we do cover uh, President Obama, uh, in the elementary version and the high school version for the high school version. First one we put out was done right before that. So yes, we cover, uh, him in the high school version as well.
1: I remember being in school and learning about Lincoln and learning about Kennedy and that's as far as it went, cause I was in school in the eighties. So I don't it's good, So they didn't have anything about, uh, Nixon and, um, Carter, and there's they're definitely not Reagan. So I was just wondering, like, how would, like, do, do they talk about Bill Clinton? Do they talk about, or would, cause I haven't seen a, the curriculum, so I don't know, like, cause I be wondering, like, what would you all say about Bill Clinton and Trump? You know, I mean, Bush and Obama's pretty easy, but what would you all say about Bill Clinton? Or what would, what would be in the curriculum when he's talking about Bill Clinton and Trump?
2: Uh well, we don't have anything new enough for Trump yet, right, right, and one of the difficulties, of course, with history period is there are so many great stories that are still in the making yeah. and and where do you stop? you know another person uh as an example, that I don't include uh is uh, the Oprah Winfrey or um whose story is still being written? Uh, There are astronauts who, uh, this last round, we were able to go back and get Katherine Goebel, but of course, the very first time I did it back uh, in 2007 or 2008, I I knew nothing about her. Uh, And she's still alive, obviously uh it, where where do you stop the story because the story is continuing every day yesterday yeah. was history so uh do we go back and get it today so we have nothing new we have nothing in terms of trump now the middle school curriculum i do know ends with ends with uh the story of bill clinton and talks about yeah. the whole the whole, uh, at the time, uh, the proposed impeachment wow. of Bill Clinton. Wow. And just understanding uh, fine that we use is, uh, Joy Hakum's The Story of Us. Yeah. And, uh, so she talks quite a bit about that. Uh, and, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I spoke at my daughter's school. I think was that last year. She, she brought me in for career day. I don't, you know, I was honored, but you know, I, whatever. But so, and I, and I, told, I told them, I was like, uh, I met a president before take a guess. And I said, if anybody says George Washington, I'm leaving. But I said, <laughs> I told them to take a guess. And they all said Trump. And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And they said, then mm-hmm. one person, one person says it was honest. Cause she was like nine. She was like, or eight. She was like, uh, it gotta be Obama cause you're black. I was like, nah, I haven't no. met him. And, and that's as far as their memory went. They didn't know anybody else. I was like, it was George Bush and they didn't, they were like, they had no clue. Who? Yeah, they had, I mean, <laughs> that, was, that was just a few years ago, but I mean, most of them weren't born, but at the same time, I'm like, I knew who about Jimmy Carter, even though I was born mm-hmm. in 80, I still knew who Jimmy Carter was. I was like, I didn't understand. I was just wondering about that, like, you know, But I'm glad to hear you talking about the impeachment of Clinton. I I always wonder, like, how did that story be told to kids?
2: Well, let me tell you, you talk about feeling old. When I taught our kids middle school history, uh, what I remember as a kid growing up in the 70s uh, is that Jimmy Carter, in my lifetime, he may have been one of the very first ones, but certainly in my lifetime, I remember he and Roslyn getting out and walking rather than riding oh. in the car for the inauguration yeah. and Amy caught her holding both their hands in the middle. And you know she was skipping over cracks, like not to break her mother's back kind of thing. Right. And, uh, and, and she was about my age at the time. And I, that, that was a lasting memory for me. So in me telling my kids, about Jimmy Carter. That was one of the things I shared was that, oh, I remember I, I mean, the book may have even had the picture of them walking, but nice. you position that against today when you have so much security and so much uh, that surrounds these presidents that you could not get anywhere near them. Uh, just imagine a man that is a president got out of the car and walked on the streets yeah, and I waved imagine. to people to showed that he was Common, I'm. I'm like you. I walk. I <laughs> yeah, I imagine <laughs> that was a big
0: deal
1: because deal.
2: after
1: after <laughs> what happened to Kennedy, I imagine that was a big deal.
2: Huge, yes, yes, absolutely. So I understand totally what you're saying.
1: So, so uh, not to dig deep into this, but so you guys are really talking about the impeachment of Clinton. Uh, are you bringing up any of the the scandalous stuff, or are you just saying he was impeached for? Lying, or did you get in depth for what he was lying about, or he just left it alone? Uh,
2: more so the lying, more okay. so the lying. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I uh, don't feel the need right, to right, break right. that down necessarily for a 12 year old. Right, right. If right, <laughs> you think right. about now, you know. that's gonna be, yeah, 10 to 13, you know, you can, you can get the deeps later on your own.
1: <laughs> right, I got you. That makes sense. Mm mm-hmm. yeah. hmm. Mm
2: hmm.
0: Thank you so much. And I have to say, you guys, if you have questions, please reach out to her. She's responsive. You can also find her on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle?
2: Uh, Bullard Belinda, my name backwards. B-U-L-L-A-R-D-B-E-L-I-N-D-A, Bullard Belinda.
0: And if you contact Mm -hmm. her on the site, she will really email you back. That's how I got a hold of her. And she actually remembered me from when I followed her on Instagram and I wrote her email. Thank you so much for being responsive. And thank you for thank God, you homeschool mama like me, because sometimes I, I was really nervous at first. <laughs> yes, help put me at ease.
2: I tell uh, new homeschooling parents all the time that you have to speak with confidence way before you have it, and I think the nuance for us as African Americans is that so many of us pulled our children i mean i'm sorry so many of us had such faith in the public school system because we fought so long for educational equality and integration was given to us as an answer Uh, but now when we come back and say we're pulling our kids out of this it's not working uh, you have, you know, big mama and and uh pawpaw and all of them who say what and and you know they want to remind you of, of your history and they want to remind you of your personal history how hard you struggled with math and are you sure and I don't know about this so uh we especially have can sometimes have a difficult time with the questions and the suspicion and the apprehension of can this really be done. So I'm thankful for the growing community. The African-American community right now is the fastest growing population within the homeschooling community. And I'm thankful for the venues that we have to really publicize that this is working uh, for us so that others know that it is a viable and a valuable alternative to traditional school systems not that it's for everybody but it is a viable and valuable alternative yes
0: thank you i think you're amazing Mm -hmm. and i know that you you've built the confidence in me i'm kind of like yeah she getting it now i know what i'm doing and i will (laughs) stay with less heritage in fact as we were on the phone i just ordered um, the next elementary school book because we weren't supposed to start for a month, but I'm gonna see what I can pick and choose out of there, too. Um, we will oh, be our thank education. you, thank you. No, thank you, and I, I want everybody to know about you guys. Thank you, for yes, ma'am. And I hope that you come back anytime you have a new product or something that you want to speak about,
2: please let us know. Oh, I sure will. Thank you, thank and thank you, Courtney, yeah, nice uh, as you. well.
1: Nice meeting you. Thank you for answering my questions, too, my crazy questions.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I enjoyed I always enjoy talking education.
0: <laughs> Courtney, how amazing. Like, you don't understand. So I literally shopped for curriculum for, like, a year trying to figure out what I was going to get my little girl to do. And I actually went after another homeschool curriculum that we we kind of integrate between. They didn't respond to me. Hmm. Oh, really? come, right come to find out the one that my daughter really loves right is the one that had no she responded right back within hours to the point where i was shocked i was like wait a minute i hit you like a half hour ago you write me back
1: hey you know uh she i was glad to talk with her i know those questions might not have anything to do with uh what you all were talking about but i, I was just really curious because i was just you know taught I think I don't even think when I was in school did it even get as far as Kennedy. It might have, but I remember just hearing Teddy Roosevelt, great guy. All all these presidents were just great guys, great guys. All George, and uh, and now I've lived through. Let me see, you know, from Reagan on. So, and I know they weren't all great, <laughs> great guys. Right. So I want. Right. So I'm always just interested as what do, what are they teaching them about you know clinton yeah Yeah, so i'm glad she answered that for me because i really i really wanted to know that because like i said my kids didn't even know the kids i was talking to they didn't even know
0: (laughs) they had no clue what that's probably better that way
1: yeah
0: (laughs) welcome to cherry's
2: world
1: sick of being upsold
0: at gyms